Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bolick, your host, and today, Kirstie Miles is joining me, and we are going to talk about our recent trip to the toy fair and give you guys our top eight sensory toys from the toy fair. So for people who do not know Kirsty, Kirsty is, well, first off, you're a physical therapist, right? But also your uh, title here at PET is a team lead, but Kirsty is in charge of the whole Southern Pines group, the office over there, the contract also are related to that, as well as uh, a lot of stuff over here in Fayetteville and Rayford as well. So Kirsty is a leader and integral person here at PDT in a leadership role. So welcome, Kirstie. I'm so glad you're here today. Happy to be here. So a lot of times when we're thinking about sensory toys, people think vibration or they'll think things that you can feel or squish, but there's tons of sensory toys in the regular toy market. And they also kind of think sometimes that they're just like specialty toys that you can get from just therapy type of catalogs, or maybe they have to be all hospital grade or hospital industrial kind of toys. But there's tons of sensory types of toys in just the regular market. They're just sold retail. So we found a lot at the Toy Fair, and we wanted to share some of those with you. The first one are some pretty awesome noise-canceling headphones we saw for kids. M for kids. And so it's funny because me being a physical therapist, Hayden being a speech therapist, we were so excited about coming across this booth <laughs> we for were. headphones. I mean, we were in there trying on the headphones, moving our heads all over the place. Do they stay on? Mm-hmm. Like, we do know how to test a toy. But we always have therapists asking for noise-canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. And if you look in a therapy catalog, they are really expensive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you're not sure. They're just like adult headphones, too, that you're just trying to make work for kids. But these mm-hmm. are fantastic. They're meant for kids. They're baby ones. They're kid ones. And they're sized for babies or for kids. And we put them through the ringer. We put them on our heads. We shook our heads around like kids jump up and down, move our head forward, stuff like that. And they did not fall We completely off. stretched them. We did. Like stretched them all the way out. Mm-hmm. How far will they go? Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't break? Good. <laughs> no. And they're like earmuffs and they come in different colors, different designs. So there's some that are just the headphones, the North canceling headphones for kids. But then they also have the audio headphones. So basically they make headphones that you can plug in so the kids can listen. So for activities where you want them to just have like listening activities where they're plugging in and they're listening themselves, these headphones only go up to a certain decibel level. So, and you can control that so mm-hmm. that they can't like blare their eardrums out because we hear kids I have busted my kids all the time about listening like too loudly but for little kids it's super important to protect their hearing so these headphones will only go up to a certain level so you can plug them in if they're listening to their own music or if they're doing a therapeutic listen activity or whatever it is these headphones will only go up to a certain level and that protects their hearing so I like that from a speech therapist standpoint. I actually just read an article this week. One in five teenagers are becoming deaf or hard of hearing because of headphones. I totally believe it. I can be in the very front seat of my car and hear my teenager's headphones in the back of like a Suburban and... I'll yank him out of his ears in a heartbeat. You would ask me, so these headphones, they do have a right and a left. And that, that's the thing about some of the specialty headphones that are being used with like therapeutic listening mm-hmm. programs and that sort of thing. It's hard to find. It's hard to 
find them. And so they have adult headphones that don't even stay on their head that constantly fall off. These are really snug. Mm-hmm. And so we were excited when we found those. And the same for the noise canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. When you get them in an adult size, they don't do their purpose. They don't stay on. They become more of a distraction because it keeps falling off the child's head. So they can't really engage in activity because they're more worried about putting the headphones back on. Sometimes, especially nowadays with like Bluetooth speakers, they're so easy to connect them to iPads or to whatever. And then before you know it, kids can really crank that music up, even if it's just in a room and a kid's in a room with a closed door or whatever, dancing with their music. It can get to be too loud pretty quick. A lot of kids nowadays in school, they're listening, they have headphones on, they're listening like books on tape, or they may be listening, they're plugged in the computer for the computer or whatever, or whatever it is. Kids nowadays have a lot more opportunities to have headphones on their ears. And so I think it's important to have headphones where that you can control how loud the sound goes and then opportunities for noise canceling headphones, because sometimes kids are in environments that are just too loud for their ears. So those were our EMS for kids and their noise canceling baby headphones, kids size earmuffs, headphones, and then also regular headphones you can plug into a device. Audio. Audio. They are awesome. I would recommend them to everybody. And the price point on these is so good, it is not even funny. So check mm-hmm. out their website. The link is on our show notes, but we're very excited about them. And we're excited about working with this company now. Super nice people. So toy number two. Toy number two is one of my favorites. I can't work with a baby without it. It's the noggin stick. Oh my Lord, um, I knew that was coming up next. And the reason we lumped it into sensory is because it is a rattle. So it's got the noise component. And when you tap it, it lights up. And if you tap it again, it changes color. So there's some cause and effect happening with it. But I use it for the babies with torticollis for visual tracking, the auditory, getting them to turn to sound. So there's a huge sensory component with that rattle. It also has a little mirror on the bottom. And the diameter of the part that you hold is very narrow because sometimes it's harder to find for like our babies that are born premature that are just tiny. Um, Some of those rattles are hard to hold so they can actually get their hand all the way around it. So I love that rattle for so many reasons. And that's just one of my go-tos when a baby comes in. If we don't have a noggin stick, like it's not a good thing. Kirsten needs one of those. I love it for all babies. It's my always go-to present for any baby. If I'm giving a baby gift, that I give them a noggin stick. And it's just so lightweight. It's also great for um, maybe kids who are age-wise a little bit older, but maybe cognitively you're still at a younger level. And you're worried about maybe a lot of uh, flashing lights or noise that may be too loud. The noggin stick is nice because there's no blinking lights and the color changes slowly, but it is enough color change and it's bright enough that if you're working on like light and dark or tracking to find the color or find an object or something like that in a dark room, this noggin stick definitely works. I really love the toy. I think it's fantastic. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So it's a great sensory toy. It's right there on the market. We love a noggin stick. Check those out. Toy number three is... We do have a couple of things that I guess we can lump them all into like oral motor sensory mm-hmm. and kind of a feeding category. Mm-hmm. One of the new things that we're starting to see out there and we actually got to talk to the woman that created them was the munch mitts. Mm-hmm. It's called a munch mitt. They are designed for younger babies, but it, it's a mitt that goes over their hands. So sometimes in our therapy world, we see a lot of babies that they're continually chewing on their fingers, some yes. some to the point where they're actually breaking down the skin mm-hmm. or they're getting bacterial infections on mm-hmm. their hands. So this is a way to give them some feedback. Actually, when you chew on the mitt, there's it's like little plastic nubbies. So it's good for like gumming and and working on their gums, but it also has an auditory feedback. So there's like a crinkle paper wrapper in there. So when they chew on them, you do have that sound. So 
another good thing for those if is if you have a baby that maybe isn't getting to that stage of development where they are starting to orally explore their hands or toys, that you can start promoting and encouraging some of that. Because developmentally, we want children to explore. And they do that through oral motor. Yeah, and these munch mints, I think, it's actually the only thing I've seen that does really fit on a hand and protects that, like, the thumb area of your hand because there's a lot of kids who do chew on that area, and I think these are really unique. And it's really the only toy I've ever seen that does that. It's fantastic. They do also have the buddy bibs, too. So when you're on the munch mint website, check out those buddy bibs because they're pretty cool, too. You can put a teething ring or something on that you know, if you want to, to help. You can graduate from a pacifier to a teething ring if you want to on a bib, which is pretty cool also. Well, and we really liked those bibs because mm-hmm. there's a plastic liner in them so they mm-hmm. don't soak through. So a lot of those cloth bibs, sometimes they soak right through those and then their shirt's wet anyway. Yep. But the thing with those bibs is you can attach anything on the end of it. So maybe they don't like the chewy toy that comes with it. You don't have to use a pacifier. You could put some sort, like if they have a favorite teething ring or a different chewy that they like on there or prefer, you can link that on there so you're not locked into just the pacifier that comes with it. Yeah, exactly. So that you don't have to do that. And I like those too because it's not a choking hazard either. We're going to talk in a few minutes about some other toys that we like that are teethers that aren't a choking hazard. But sometimes people will take those chewy tubes or like the P or the T or whatever, those chewy tubes, and they'll put them on a string but and they'll put that around the child's neck. But that makes me really nervous because it's a choking hazard and I like Mm -hmm. something that's got like a release and these bibs do have a release but again if the child gets to be too old they're too big for the bib so then we'll talk about our bumpkin stuff we can talk about that next actually yeah I think we should just move into that yeah so the bumpkins I love these teethers oh my gosh so I see a lot of children and I work on chewing and jaw strength and tongue movement and lip strength you know uh, cheek strength and movement and that kind of thing and so a lot of the kids do have a aggressive chewers as I like to say aggressive chewers and so they'll have a like a pee or a tea or chewy tube kind of thing I call it that they're chewing on all the time and again a lot of times people will take a string and tie it around the tube and that's a choking hazard and it scares me to death. So I love this bumpkin stuff because they have teething jewelry, but the teething jewelry is pretty intense. So for those aggressive chewers with adult teeth and they're chewing like crazy, they still have a hard time chewing through these things. And they make like feathers. They make little circle, little pendants for girls. For boys, they make like a Superman. They make a Batman. They make a pink Superman. They make a pink Batman. For girls, they also make Wonder Woman. So they make some DC comic people that are the coolest teethers I've ever seen. And we've tried the Batman with what I call again, very aggressive chewers and they're holding up great. We purchased them. We purchased several last year at Toy Fair and we put them in the clinics, but all the ones that we put for sale sold out. But they're so cool. I mean, I don't have like a little baby that young anymore, but if I did, I would be all over these teethers like white on rice. But for our older kids with aggressive chewers, in fact, recently I ran into a mom and I don't see her child for therapy, but she was just talking to me about her child and her daughter is 12 now and she has a diagnosis of autism, but she's in middle school and she really chews. She really has to have something in her mouth all the time. So she's constantly wearing, she has these chewy tubes that she's chewing through all the time. And so I gave the mom like a Wonder Woman and a pink Batman or a pink Superman. I can't remember which one and a feather, all three. So one of them was a girl one and the other two were the 
comics one. I gave them to her about a month ago, and I checked with her last week, and the child has not chewed through any of them yet. So I'm just very tickled. And they have a release so that if you pull hard enough on the chewy, it'll pop off your neck. Because we always get worried, especially if you're putting these in a classroom. Mm -hmm. Like if we have a, a school therapist that's recommending this to be used in the classroom, you have other children in the classroom. And if you've got one or two sets of adult eyes on the entire classroom, you turn your back for a second. If another child pulls on that, we do have that lingering in the back of our minds. So safety isn't always an issue. Or let's say they crawled under a table and it got hung up somewhere and the teacher didn't observe it happening. You know, it could potentially be a choking hazard in a number of ways. So having that breakaway on them is very important. The Bumpkins people, they did have two cute little uh, teethers are out, like a little Nintendo-like console, like old school, which is super cute. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, I'm just saying. So that brings us to toy number four. We do provide feeding therapy in the clinic. Mm -hmm. And one of the common things that parents will say, you know, the child, like, throws their plate, drops their plate, picks their plate up. We did see they were called easy peasy. They were plates that you couldn't get them up off the table. Mm -mm. Actually, I think at the booth, Hayden like almost knocked over the woman's table. I think I did. I think I might have broken <laughs> that table. But I was trying, I was going to pull that uh, plate up, but you can't do it. I tried. I do think I broke her table. Just to say, we do test out everything, no, we and did. we test it to the best of our abilities. Yeah, but and, I, and but you can't pull that plate off the table. I mean, you're not going to be able to throw that bad boy. You're not. So so for a child who does throw their food or fling their food, they're going to have to pull the food out of the plate to throw it because this plate ain't going anywhere. But you <laughs> but but you can get off the table super easy if you just slide it. But it's not that easy to figure out because I couldn't no. and I didn't. So anyhow, it's called easy peasy. Another thing that we carry these in clinic, but they're the tangle therapy. Yes. And so we did carry them last year, but obviously going to the toy fair this year and everybody's coming out with new things. Now they have so many more options for the tangles. They have different textures on the tangles. They have different colors on the tangles. They had a soft, like velvety one. Mm -hmm. we got and the those. tangle is like a fidget. So it's a plastic piece. You wrap it around your finger. It kind of shrinks up into a coil or it extends out. Mm -hmm. So they have the ones that are like, they're like a koosh ball, but a tangle. Yeah, so the tangles are, they market them for like hand therapy, but they also market them for just a fidget. But they can be bumpy, they can be smooth, they can be fuzzy, they can be kind of hairy. So they're a great fidget, and they're also a good different sensory toy activity. Also, they have some metallic ones that, so visually, they all look very different also. The tangle people also have the great light-up balls. So they have like light-up balls, light-up frisbees. So that's another thing I was just going to mention also. Because we use light-up toys. I mean, mm -hmm. Hayden and I were just co-treating last week, and we took out the box of light-up toys because we were trying to get a kind of an idea on a child's vision. So we took them in the closet, dark room, <laughs> um, took out the light-up toys, and we were trying to see what response we could get mm -hmm. because according to vision, they can see. So mm -hmm. we wanted to know how much. <laughs> we wanted to see how much they could see. For the light-up toys, they have light-up frisbees, light-up bats, toy balls, footballs, playground balls. So all of those are various light-up toys balls, which I thought were great. In fact, we saw overall a ton of light up things you can throw, but the Tangles people had some great ones. Plus they've got the balls and stuff are kind of grippy type of balls so that they aren't slick. They can, you can grip onto them. And so, but anyway, so that I think does it for our Tangles. Okay. Our seventh sensory toy are, we found lots of good breathing games and toys. They're not that easy to find. So, you know, I've been blowing cotton balls across the table now for 20 years or 25 years, really. And I've been blowing scarves. And I've been blowing pieces of tissue and I've been blowing through a straw and all that kind of stuff for years. But we found some really cool breathing toys this time around. And two of them, I'll, I'll go ahead and start us off with these first two. One is called Blow Lotto and the other is Turbino, T-U-R-B-I-N-O. And they're both from the 
American Educational Products. I've never seen these two toys before. I thought they were great. So for kids who are working on, like for me, you know, lip closure, lip rounding, using your cheeks, jaw strengthening. You're working on a kid who's working on moving their soft palate. Maybe they just have, you know, velopharyngeal enclosure. You're working on a kids who maybe just had their adenoids removed, that kind of thing. Or a child with cleft lip and palate. All of that, these are great activities. And from PT standpoint and OT, I mean, if you have a weak core, your breathing is probably not the most functional that it can be. So working and addressing breathing in relation to core stability and core strength, because again, without your core, your extremities are not going to function at their maximum. So PTs and OTs can use these different breathing games as well. We also came across um, different types of musical instruments. Again, a little more fun than just your whistle in therapy. Um, and we do, we do come across a lot of mouth breathers. And so the nose flutes mm-hmm. were interesting. I tried them out. They worked. They were great. They did. They were actually, these were great quality whistles and stuff too. Not that, but they're also inexpensive enough that you can give them away because I don't think a nose flute is something that you can reuse. I think that's no. a one time use situation, one person, one time. So, and I felt feel very, very comfortable with that. But anyway, but so the nose flutes we got from these guys. We also got these great kazoos. We also got the little like slide whistles that I think are fantastic. If you're a speech therapist not using the slide whistle in therapy, those are awesome. And like the little, kind of like a little mini recorder. Anyway, we got those from them and they are great quality musical toys. Who made those? It was the Trophy Music Company. Okay. So the Trophy Music Company, they are very nice people. And they have significantly more music toys than what we just named. It's just those are the ones we were interested in because you had to blow. So that concludes our sensory discussion. Now, for any of those people who out there who've heard me do lots of podcasts before and you're thinking, my goodness, she can't even talk about Bubber or Kinetic Sand in the sensory podcast. We covered that in the Fine Motor podcast. So go back and listen to that one. But I just didn't want to miss an opportunity to talk about Bubber and Kinetic Sand, Kirsty. <laughs> But those are would be considered also sensory toys, but we already covered those in a different podcast. So go back and listen to the Fine Motor Podcast. You can also catch all of our other podcasts on theworkingtherapist.com and at pediatricdt.com. You can see the toys there at pediatricdt.com, some videos as well, and on the Working Therapist, all of our podcasts. And you can at the show notes, you can get the links for all of these toys and manufacturers and all that good stuff. So you can check them out for yourself. So thank you, Kirstie. I appreciate it helping me thank out you. with this one. And thanks everybody else for spending some time with us today and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the working therapist thanks for joining us for today's edition of the working therapist an extension of the pediatric developmental therapy network if you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com that's pediatricdt.com 